There's the keyword. Spin, spin, sugar. And why are we still spinning, Carrie? Spin, spin, sugar. That's the sneaker bimps. <laughs> uh, this is the second half of our spin episode. <laughs> part two of our spinoff episode yes, yes. that, as we talked about in our last episode, and you should go back and listen to that one if you haven't, but I think this one can stand alone. Are if you, you have the Cliff Notes you'll, version. You'll still of, understand yeah. where we're headed with this. Basically, we're exploring spinoffs in TV shows mm-hmm. and their musical counterparts and in the first episode we talked about a number of different categories where this just happens a lot where hollywood especially with tv shows they have capitalized on the success of a show by spinning off characters into other shows so they could get advertising revenue from and as we were looking at all these tv spinoffs it became pretty clear that a lot of bands have done this kind of thing too where they've spun off and on the last episode we talked about going solo as a category where basically you had a tv show where they spun one character Mm -hmm. off into Mm -hmm. another show and the some of the examples of that were like frazier uh coming out of cheers that was the the biggest example that we talked about exploring a new universe where you would have uh, multiple characters possibly in a totally different time period even like the mark and mindy spinoff of happy days which yes. was a very loosely spin-off, very <laughs> loosely related but and and happy days of course was set in the 1950s in milwaukee and mark and mindy was set in the 70s in yeah. boulder colorado so totally different you know when we forgot to mention carrie and this is actually a good show right here so uh, Mary Tyler Moore show, but Lou Grant spinning off from that. Yes. So there's Lou Grant. He comes from television into print media. So even though I guess they were still in, is it? It was in Minnesota, right? Where were they at? Minnesota. Uh, yeah, I don't remember where that one was in, set. Ah, I forgot where this show was set. But anyway, yes. So they go from television to print media, and actually, it was a completely different show, coming from a sitcom to actually a, a drama. Right. And right. a film's drama, like a single camera coming from a studio audience to a single camera, you know, yeah, drama show. And, and Very ex- different. And exploring a whole new universe and yeah. some of the bands that were in that in that uh, genre mm-hmm. were things like, and we didn't talk about, we didn't recap the bands that went solo, but obviously there's a million of those, like Michael Jackson coming out of the Jacksons yep. and Ozzy out of Black Sabbath, Diana Ross out of the Supremes. Yep. But in this exploring a new universe genre, uh, some of the bands that came out of that, the DGs, that was the Foo Fighters mm-hmm. alter ego where they're doing BG's disco songs or yeah. um, Jefferson Airplane that subsequently became the complete crap starship. I want to say that's the ultimate example of a cash grab right there. <laughs> and, and one that I forgot to uh, play uh, on our last episode for this Exploring a New Universe that I'll just mention because I saw them in the news today. Their new album is coming out. The, the I've mentioned them on a prior episode, the band The Smile. Mm-hmm. And they are a Radiohead offshoot. Yeah. It's yeah. two members of Radiohead, Tom York and Johnny Greenwood. And they're doing a very different sound, although there is some Radiohead-esque stuff. It's almost like they're teleporting back to the beginning of Radiohead and and playing some uh, songs that are much more heavy, like the early Benz era of Radiohead. And I'll play you just a quick sure. example of that because their new album's coming out, and this stuff is great. I mean, these guys are 
really firing on all cylinders. And if you're a fan of Radiohead's early stuff, it's kind of cool to see this spinoff from Radiohead with a couple of the band members exploring a new universe, meaning they're no longer doing super artsy-fartsy blip-blip-blip Radiohead, current Radiohead stuff, and they're doing a more straight-ahead rocker thing, at least on some of the songs on this album. But we'll let you hear a little bit of Tom York when his vocals kick in here. And that's pretty awesome. I, yeah. I, I love that. I'm a big Radiohead fan, but I'm a big fan of that as well. So that was uh, another musical example of that exploring a new universe. And then the last category we talked about uh, on the last episode, just again, a quick recap, soldiering on after a big loss. So you had the Golden Girls lost Dorothy Spornak, and they became Golden Palace, the TV show. You had the Connors that came out of the shit show that was the end of Roseanne when <laughs> Roseanne was completely ridiculous and making racist comments and they fired her ass and they kept going. And in that uh, same vein, you had Joy Division's yep. the best example of a band that, that lost their lead singer to suicide and formed new order yep. thereafter and, and really kind of had a new sound altogether after the remaining members of Joy Division formed a new band. Yeah. So those were the categories we talked about last week. What we are going to talk about this week are three more categories. And mm -hmm. it's amazing as we went through this. I have 10 pages of notes. I went Excellent. deep on this, this thing. And by the way, too, we're recording this right after we recorded the last episode. We um, refer to this as a bang bang. Yeah, a little bang bang here that we're going back to back. And that just means that you get more of Karen Chuck. Like we're already well lubricated, both uh, <laughs> vocally and alcohol wise. Yeah, I'm keeping it going. <laughs> so we, will, right here, we have poured Hell more drinks. Some we're ready to go. But we're also going to be on vacation next week. So, well, uh, well <laughs> I'm going to be on vacation the week this comes out. Math so going to be working. Rather than leave you hanging for a week with no new material, and I know some of you are just diehard fans. God love you all. Um, we are going to have this very special part two out for you to enjoy uh, this week. So uh, even great. though I will be out of the country and doing something fun. But yeah. uh, so the categories we're going to talk about here tonight, we're going to talk about the reboot. Mm -hmm. That is essentially when a TV show was very successful initially. And then sometimes many years later, they reboot. They mm -hmm. come out with a new version of that show. Uh, we're also going to talk about the category of the super group. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. this is when you have a TV show that splinters off and creates a, another program, a spinoff that involves stars from multiple different shows. And of course, in the music world, you have the same kind of thing happening. The super group in the music world is a big deal. We've seen that over and over again over the years. And then our last segment here that we'll end it with are spinoffs from a variety show. And there's some interesting examples of TV programs that came out of a talk show or a variety show of some sort. And there's even some bands that came out of, or not just bands, but 
pop singers that came out of TV programs. So we've got their counterparts in the music world as well. So those are the three big categories that we're going to hit here today. All right. So let's start with the reboot right off the bat. This is again, when a TV show was very popular, they decided to get Mm non-creative and Hollywood does this all the time. These (laughs) days they will reboot, especially in movies. And we will do a deeper dive on rebooted movies. How many Batman, Superman reboots have there? Oh my God. Spider-Man. It's really big in that comic world, um, in the movie, uh, genre, but it's also big. And we've talked about a few of them that have worked out terribly like bad news bears that had a modern day reboot that just completely sucked, you know, and, and there's a a vacation has had a reboot. That was terrible. And I like Ed Helm, but it's terrible. And (laughs) even though you had Chevy chase in it a little bit and Beverly D'Angelo, it still sucked. And there, there've been a number of Christina Applegate, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but we've had examples of that over the years, but TV shows, one of the, one of the ones that I actually enjoyed the reboot. This is one that I was really sad that the reboot boot only lasted a few seasons was Dallas. Oh, that's right. So I think everyone watched Dallas back in the day. If you were alive at that time, Dallas ran from 1978 to 1991. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is an incredible run, a long period of yeah. time for a one hour drama, three decades set in Dallas. Of course, if you haven't watched Dallas, it was J.R. Ewing and the Ewing family that uh, they were oil barons. Basically, they were rich Dallas people. They were ruthless. They were, had competitors that they would deal with viciously. Kind of loosely based on the, the movie Giant. Sure. A little know, bit based on Giant. It's in, very uh, soapy. It was a soap opera thing. Yeah. It's uh, it, it actually, uh, as long as we're talking about spinoffs, Dallas had its own spinoff, uh, not just the reboot. Dallas had Knott's Landing. That's right. And Knott's Landing ran for just as long, too, didn't it? Did. It did. And Knott's Landing. the 90s. Knott's Landing just had one character from Dallas. They had Gary Ewing, <laughs> who was one of the Ewing brothers. It was J.R. Ewing and Bobby Ewing were the two brothers. Yeah. Um, Patrick and Duffy. Patrick Duffy Jay, uh, and uh, Larry, Hagman. Larry Hagman. And uh, Larry Hagman. then Knott's Landing spun off one of the other brothers. And it was in a completely different universe mm-hmm. because it was set in California. And it was just a totally different thing. There wasn't a whole lot of crossover between those shows. But Dallas was very popular. It was probably the most memorable thing about it was who shot JR. Mm-hmm. That was a big mystery. Everyone wanted to tune in to find out who shot J.R. Ewing, whether he had died, whether he lived. It was a cliffhanger at yes. the end of one of their seasons. And well, was uh, Bobby Ewing dead? Remember? Yeah, yeah. Well, gosh, yeah, Bobby Ewing, that was a cliffhanger that he had died, but that all turned out to be a dream. He was just in the shower it was the whole just time. just a dream. Because the very next season, Bobby Ewing is coming out of the shower saying, hey, what's going on? And everyone <laughs> realized, oh, Bobby's back. That is a big soap opera trope. The uh, the guy that dies, allegedly, but he's not really dead, or his evil twin what's, what's returns. The, what's the Latin phrase that carries isn't it? Due machina? Mm. Out of the machine? Deuce machina, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so that uh, Dallas... 
rebooted in 2012. And the reason why I liked it, and a lot of reboots are just a straight up, like a redo of the show, or maybe they bring it up to modern times with Mm -hmm. all different actors, uh, or maybe there's like a couple little guest appearances. Dallas was perfect in terms of time chronology Mm -hmm. because what they did, they brought back most of the big players from the original Dallas. Larry Hagman was back as J.R. Ewing. Patrick Duffy was back as Bobby Ewing. Linda Gray was back as Sue Ellen. Ken Kirchival was back as Cliff. That was Cliff was like their arch enemy uh, of Mm -hmm. the Ewing family. Charlene Tilton even was back. Charlene Tilton, yes. That was she was one of the she was the sister, a younger sister of Bobby and and Jr. on Dallas. So they all came back, and the the way that they made it interesting in the reboot though is that the children of Bobby and Jr. and of Cliff. Their children were all playing key prominent roles in this. And those children were introduced in the original Dallas. You had John Ross and whatever Bobby's uh, son was in, in the original Dallas. And you had some some big name actors that were playing these uh, children of them that are all grown up now. And, and they're kind of taking on the role as adults now of fighting with each other and carrying on the same soap opera bullshit yeah. that happened in the original Dallas. What year was this, Carrie? So Did that we... was 2012 to 2014. Oh, okay. So that was, that was after... Uh... Barbara Bogetti's died then because she apparently yeah, died back in um, 2005. Miss Ellie. Maybe Miss the, Ellie. The matriarch of the Ewing family. And has a great role in the movie uh, Vertigo. I love Vertigo. The oh, yeah. Hitchcock movie. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, she's been around or was around a yeah. long, long time. So I liked Dallas because they, they really did do a great job of blending in the old characters with the grown-up version of the yeah. children from the original show. And it just, the timeline was perfect. It was like they, you know, this is just what's happened in the last however many years it was. So 1991 to 2012. So yeah, you know, 20 years, some um, over 20 yeah. years. Yeah. Uh, the time had passed and everyone's grown up and everyone's now fighting with each other as adults. So I liked Dallas. I thought that was a good reboot. Yeah, yeah. Um, another one we we mentioned nine hundred two and O Beverly Hills nine hundred two and O on the last episode. The reason we mentioned that is because it, of course, had a spinoff Melrose Place, but nine hundred two and O did a full reboot as well. Nine hundred two and L ended in two thousand, and they had a reboot in two thousand eight. And I was pretty excited about this one too. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, I'm a big nine hundred two and O fan, and I had had enough time after. 2000 even after the original series ended to watch all the reruns i mean Mm -hmm. it's on in syndication it's been on you know every independent channel you can see it late at night but the new version was not great It, it ran for five years it ran for 2008 to 2013 it did have guest appearances by some of the original actors and characters jenny garth playing kelly and shana darty playing brenda uh tori spelling was back and an, another uh fan favorite to the original series the actor joey tata uh joey tata. from the peach pit that was uh, nate from the peach pit the owner of the diner where the kids hung out in the original one he was back so that that one was to me less successful because they didn't do a great job of 
bringing in the old characters and then showing this chronology like Dallas did. I just thought 90210 was not as well done, not as well written, not as well acted. And, uh, but they did try because again, Hollywood loves a reboot because it's cheap. It's easy. They don't have to do much in terms of creative thought. I'll give you an example of a reboot that you might've forgotten here, Carrie. And the reboot occurred in the nineties on this show. I can turn this up. You're losing it. I know. What happened here, Chuck? Let's start over again. <laughs> WKRP. Oh, nice. They did do a reboot. Of they WKRP. did a reboot in the 90s, and it did not include Howard Hessman, who, of course, played the Johnny Fever characters. So it was not Howard as Hessman. good. Uh, it had Lonnie Anderson, I think, a few other minor characters. I think Gordon Jump played the you know, the owner of the station, but it did not last very long. So I'm not uh, sure. Example of a bad uh, reboot. Yeah, there. <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure people were wanting a WKRP in Cincinnati well, it reboot. Was, it was, you know, I guess because that show went off the air in what, 82 and the reboot occurred in like 93. So yeah, 11 year gap there. And it was one of those, it wasn't even on uh, prime time. I remember it was like in syndication. It was like a lesser show. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting too, because I, I don't know that WKRP had such a huge following that 11 years later or whatever it no, was that no. you said. I mean, it was successful when it was originally still on. be anchoring for some more WKRP. Yeah. Yeah. I love WKRP in Cincinnati, but I didn't even realize there was a reboot. Yeah, it I, was not that good. <laughs> I probably would have given it a shot. I've ever seen one or two episodes of it. This is when we were in college, Gary, when yeah. it was on. It was like, ah. Well, just like one last one I'll give you that mm-hmm. uh, I, I was excited about a little bit because this was one of my favorite shows when it originally came out, Magnum P.I., there was a re- no yes, win. Yes, recent, very recent, what? just canceled. So this was Magnum. There can only be one mustache, oh, totally, and that belongs dude. to Tom Selleck. And no, and no, 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 no. Spoiler alert: the new Magnum did not have a mustache. What the fuck? <laughs> oh no! Stop right there! No, no. Magnum PI ran originally from 1980 to 1988, and if you never watched that show, I would highly recommend going back and watching it. I. Um, bought the t- the full series on iTunes for it was on sale for like nineteen dollars. So I got eight seasons worth of episodes for nineteen bucks. I could top you, Carrie. I've got the forty five to the Mark Post theme song upstairs of the Magnum PI. Oh, theme really? On wow. forty five. That's remember because it was a top forty hit. Yeah, that's pretty <laughs> awesome, man. That show was set in Hawaii. Um, I think we've talked about it also in a prior episode because it was such a childhood favorite of mine. Uh, this was eighty to eighty eight, so that was like when I was in. Gosh, you know, elementary school, junior high school. And uh, Magnum was a private investigator. He was a veteran, Vietnam veteran. He had been a Navy yep. SEAL um, in Vietnam. Very, very Rambo-ish. A yeah. couple <laughs> of his old buddies from the war lived. They all lived in Hawaii. And the cool thing was Magnum, he's this private investigator, but um, he didn't have a whole lot of money. He didn't make a lot of money as a PI, but he lived on the Robin Masters estate. Mm. Robin Masters, the character, what you never saw him. He was one of those guys. He never ever appeared on the TV program, but he was a very rich writer. 
and he had this beautiful, huge seaside estate in Hawaii, and Magnum got to live there for free in the guest house because he had saved Robin Master's life mm. in Nam. So he mm, got and he got to drive. Robin Masters had a Ferrari. He got to drive the Ferrari. His arch nemesis on the estate was the head of the estate, yeah. the kind of the yeah. caretaker of the estate, Higgy Baby Higgins. So I never realized, but you know, when you start thinking about TV shows and how much they kind of copy from one another, man, that sounds a lot like kind of the the Charlie's Angels in that mm-hmm. you've got this benefactor that you oh, never totally. see in yeah. the TV show. No, I was thinking the same thing. Uh, and, and his his buddies, uh, Rick and TC, were awesome. And and they basically just had hijinks on the Hawaiian Islands. There, there was some drama. There was yeah. some comedy. Uh, he was always investigating some big case and would get embroiled. And he, he killed a lot of people in that show, too, and seemed to get away with it pretty regularly, dealing with the, uh, dealing with the Hawaii... Five O. <laughs> Another show that had hijinks, and I think it was even in the uh, in the opening line of that show was Heart to Heart, wasn't it? Yeah. Ernest Borgnine <laughs> when he's talking about, and I work for them. <laughs> I'm going off topic there, really off topic. So the the reboot of Magnum wasn't all that great. I've tried it. It's set in modern day Hawaii. It's a similar plot line. I think he was a special forces veteran from Afghanistan um, as well. And, and he had his buddies and he was solving crimes and lived on this estate of a, of a rich guy, but it did just get canceled. It only ran four seasons and I did give it a shot and I just couldn't get into it. I would almost rather go back and watch my 1999, you know, cheap uh, Magnum. Well, they probably did that from the original series. um, uh, that Hawaii Five O reboot has actually had a little bit more success, so maybe that's why they did the Magnum one. Well, and I, I, that's a great segue because the Magnum PI reboot was—I read up a little bit on it. It was mm-hmm. developed by a producer and writer named Peter Lenkoff, and that same guy also developed the Hawaii Five O reboot and the MacGyver reboot. You just blew my mind. When was there a MacGyver reboot? (laughs) I I don't know the exact dates, but it was sometime recent. And this guy is so well known for these reboots that they call it the Lenkoff verse, like the Lenkoff universe um, of reboots. You know, you can come up with one or two original ideas out there. The Hawaii Five O reboot. I've I've kind of been a captive audience. It's one of those shows that occasionally, when you're traveling in foreign countries, there will be one TV station mm-hmm. that plays English language programming. Mm-hmm. The rest mm-hmm. is all Vietnamese or Japanese or yeah. Italian or wherever the hell you are. And um, for whatever reason, I have been a captive audience in a hotel where Hawaii Five-0 reruns the new version okay. are the Not only the Jack things Lord version. <laughs> and I've watched a little bit of it, and that one was tolerable. Okay. okay. I, I can get into that, okay? And I think part of the reason that I can tolerate that one is because I didn't really watch the original Hawaii Five-0. Yeah. And Magnum, I loved Tom yeah. Selleck. I loved Magnum P.I. so much as a young person, that it's real hard to get into a reboot, I think, if you really loved the original. I remember watching Hawaii Five-0, definitely. I mean, can you think, Chuck, of a reboot TV show or movie that you liked as much or or more even than the original? Mm, I can't really. Sorry to put you on the spot here. I mean... 
because anytime you think of shows that they've retooled, I mean, you're really excited for them to come on, and then you watch one or two episodes, and you're like, eh, why did they bother? Um, I know we'll think of one after this. And and if you guys, of course, think of any, please add them in our comments. Go to our Instagram, Rallying the Alley, our Facebook, Rallying the Alley, and give us some comments. So, All right, so we've talked about the reboot TV shows. Now let's go to the musical counterparts Mm -hmm. of the reboot. And we do have a few interesting ones, I think, here that, that are worth thinking about and listening to because there have been some reboots that were okay, I think. And here is one of them. Let me make sure I've got what this queued up right. All right, so this is a live clip. I was just about to say. This is live at the Isle of Wight. This would be Queen with Adam Lambert, right? It sure is. Listen to his voice for a moment. So, sounds pretty good. Two things going on here, Carrie. Yeah, I would definitely say, and I'm a huge Queen fan, you know, Freddie Mercury fan. Adam Lambert does a decent job, man, of, of, of holding up on those songs there. And, you know, I kind of had them here originally on the list of bands that continued on after Lost the Key Member, but they didn't. I mean, there's no, almost a 20-year there gap. a long gap. Yeah, right. so you're right. This is I think almost this is a, reboot. More of a reboot. And I would say reboot, too, because this is Queen without John Deacon. So when Freddie Mercury died, John Deacon flat out told Roger Taylor, and uh, Brian May, hey guys, I'm not continuing on in Queen without Freddie. Right. Um, so they did on their own with Adam Lambert. I don't even know who's playing bass well, with them so now. Freddie Freddie died in 1991. 1991. To give you a little bit of November like, of chronology on here, yeah. he died in 91. Queen came back before Adam Lambert. Yeah. Remember, they did have another singer. They had Paul Rogers. You're right. You're right. So Briefly. Paul Rogers. Five years. Of, he came. Of a Bad Company fame of, um, what's the band he had before Bad Company? Yeah. Free. I, free. All right now. Yeah. So, I mean, he's got some so good yeah, hits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's got some vocal chops. Yeah. And he was 2004 to 2009. So mm. he came in in 04. Freddie died in 91. So, yeah, that's a that almost fallen in the super group category? Because even though they call themselves Queen... I mean, Paul Rogers come with a lot of history here. Yeah, of his but own they success. were not doing Paul Rogers songs, and okay, they were not so they doing originals. Okay, okay, they were okay, only yeah. doing Queen songs. Okay, so that's okay. why I think okay. that was no, a you're bit right. Of, it's a reboot. So then, then okay. Adam though came in in 2011. Mm-hmm. Adam Lambert, and the way that if you're not familiar with this story, the way that Adam Lambert became known to the Queen guys was through American Idol. Through the singing competition, TV show, American Idol, Adam was a really good contestant one year. He did not win that year. He probably should have. You know, it was kind of like when Jennifer Hudson. Better for him. Worked out better for Jennifer. Yeah, yeah, we talked about Jennifer Hudson didn't win the year that she was on it ridiculously. But yeah, Adam didn't win his year. Um, But he was noticed by Brian May, the guitar player from Queen. And they subsequently asked Adam to come do like kind of a one-off thing with them and to sing the Freddie parts. And I think Adam had actually sung some Queen songs as part of 
American Idol. Okay. Because, of course, on American Idol, they're primarily singing covers, and they're trying to show off their vocal chops. So, you know, for him to do Freddie... That was a challenge. I mean, and, to and it was ballsy dip. to do. Yeah, Freddie. no, to step into the shoes of probably some would argue the greatest rock singer of all time. To step in those shoes. Yeah. Very ballsy, but did a very good job. Well, very and job. Adam Lambert is flamboyantly which works, gay as well, which it is works for perfect. Queen. It works for perfect. Queen. Yes. And yes. With Freddie Mercury, and yes. uh, because he was homosexual and died of AIDS and he, you know, was closeted for, to a large extent, was even married to a woman. And it was because of the times you couldn't closeted. Come yes out and as no. easily he didn't as... make any secret out of the fact that he wanted to call the band queen. <laughs> yeah. Sure, so, sure. yeah. But so <laughs> it was I very think tongue was, in cheek. Yeah. So it was kind of a nice tribute in yeah, some ways. Yeah, like yeah, I, I really do feel like Freddie would have been okay. Oh, with definitely. Adam. Oh, definitely. Especially because so much time had passed. Yeah. Like you said, this wasn't Adam Lambert jumping in and no. auditioning to be part of Queen like right after Freddie died. This yeah. is many years later. And, you know, my parents told me, I haven't watched it yet, and we both of us should probably watch this, Chuck, is there's a good documentary apparently about Adam Lambert coming into Queen and playing okay. with them yeah, and touring like to with them. Okay. And supposedly my, my parents said it was just excellent and that it, it really shows it like the band embrace him. Yeah. Think about this, too. The band is like... The band members have to be 20, 30 years older than Adam. Oh, easily. No, no, no. Adam's um, a young dude. Oh, no, no, no. I, th- I Yeah, I think Roger and, and, and Brad have got to be in, uh, close to 70 now, I would think. Yeah, so that was yeah. that. That's a. I think that's a decent reboot from and a challenging one. I mean, yeah. to step into Freddie's shoes as we talked about, pretty damn challenging. I mean, yes, yes, to be able to sing, you know, Bohemian Rhapsody, and like you just played right there, you know, uh, finding someone to love. I mean, God, God, to be able to sing those lines. <laughs> All right, so let me do another one here, and I'm going to cue this up. This is another really iconic group mm-hmm. that has rebooted in recent times with another singer slash guitar So not player. continuing on, but rebooting later. Rebooting later. later time. Okay, and I'm gotcha. I'm trying to get this gotcha. stupid thing queued up, but it's... Uh, we'll just give it here a moment. But this is a, a band that, again, was very iconic and... They got a guy who was very popular and successful mm-hmm. in his own right to come in and take on the role of a also deceased band member okay. who was extremely popular and impossible to replace. And here's a little bit of this. This is the song Althea. Let's listen. So that is Mr. John Mayer singing with Dead and Company. Wow. So he took on the Jerry Garcia role. Yeah. That was a Jerry song. Uh, You know, the Dead, we've talked about them a little bit in the past. They typically are divided between Bob Weir songs and Jerry songs. And and Jerry Garcia died, uh, unfortunately, of drug-related issues and uh, alcoholism and a whole host of health issues that he had for years and years. 
Um, Jerry's heart was just too big, man. It just gave yeah, out. Totally Jerry's was, man. Uh, and and Jerry was not only the one of the singers in the Dead, but he was also the lead guitar player. Yeah. And so to replace him was just unthinkable. And they did not replace him right away. They didn't. But Dead and Company formed in 2015. Yeah. And, and I don't remember what year Jerry died. It was in the 90s. Yeah, I want to say it was like 96. Yeah, it was sometime yeah. in the 90s. And apparently, um, and I'll pause this in the background, but apparently uh, Bob Weir and John Mayer had struck up a bit of a friendship. And I think they even met on a, or did a performance together on one of the late night talk shows. Um, it was like on Letterman or Leno or something. Yeah. And they did a performance together. And subsequent to that, uh, Bob Weir invited John to to join them and to form this band, Dead and Company. Uh, there was a little bit of weirdness and political stuff apparently in the band, and Phil Lesh, the original bass player yeah. from Grateful Dead, was not invited to this thing. Mm -hmm. But Dead and Company today are fucking humongous. Mm -hmm. I mean, they are as big as the Grateful Dead ever were. Yeah. I mean, they sell out every show that they play. They play huge stadiums. Their merch sales are crazy. Yeah. And and I missed them this last time they were in Houston because I was out of town and really wanted to see them because we've talked about in uh, recent episodes, I've become a bit of a dead fan. And <laughs> and I like John Mayer. Like I, you know, John Mayer had a very successful, it still does, a very successful mm -hmm. solo, solo career. Yeah. I don't yeah. love John Mayer's solo stuff. I love John Mayer as a funny guy and as a okay. clothes and watch and car guy he is like total badass collector of all the japanese denim and shit that i love and he's a big watch collector he's got a way huger collection than i'll ever have because he has made a fortune in his solo career he just played a sold out show at the toyota center here in houston oh yeah uh solo recently but he, so he's got he basically came off that Dead & Company tour that they're just selling out everywhere they go, immediately went into a solo tour where he's selling out wow. arenas, like selling out basketball arenas yeah. for that for those shows. I, I think he did two nights in a row at Madison Square Garden. I mean, that's how huge he is solo. He went and learned. I, I think I read that he learned something uh, something like, 250 dead songs my god because if, if you know the dead at all they uh, tend to play they have a different set every night songs and then and they, they improvise jam. a lot yes a lot so They're a you'll, jam never, band. you'll never even hear it played the same way twice it's one of those kind of experiences but in order to take on the jerry garcia role you have to be able to play. Yeah. Like if, if the band's like cranking into the next thing, St. Stephen's, you've got to be able to go with it. You've got to be able to play all yeah. of those songs and improvise with the band. That's like Adam Lambert. That is super fucking hard. And there to might be jump some into. crank out in the audience too. And so, I wanted you know. to, um, I wanted to play you because I think it's interesting to hear the, the contrast. I want to play, we just listened to a little bit of John Mayer's version mm -hmm. of Althea. Let's hear Jerry Bear. Yeah, we're going to hear Jerry Bear here in just a moment. It's queuing up. And um, his version is from 1980. So here is Jerry Bear playing guitar and singing. John's pretty on point, though, Mayor, man. Right there. 
Jerry's got a little God. higher register on his voice, yeah. Jerry kills me, man. Alfia told me about scrutiny. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. So. And Jerry wasn't even, was Jerry always the original singer or was Pigpen the original? No, I think they all sang. I all sang. They, okay, they okay. all sang. Yeah. Um, and Pigpen definitely sang quite a bit. But uh, yeah, so, you know, Jerry was beautiful. I, I love yeah. that version. I do think John Mayer's version is fine. You know, I, I don't have a problem with it yeah. at all. And obviously, all of the deadheads don't have any problem with no, it. No, and you got to respect him as a guitar player. Yeah. Those yeah. shows of Dead and Company. So that's pretty yeah. awesome. Yeah. And John Mayer's an excellent guitar player. Yeah. That's another one, just like I don't think that Freddie would have been upset with Adam Lambert. Mm-hmm. No. You know, doing that version of Queen. No anybody's upset I don't John, think Jerry would be upset upstairs thinking about John Mayer doing mm-hmm. it. I think that's just a beautiful. Uh, reboot, really, and that's yeah. what we're talking about in this section is yeah. reboots. You know, the the last ones. Uh, just, I'm not going to play anymore in this section. We'll move on to the next category. But the the other reboots that I was thinking about were: Would you consider Roger Waters doing the Wall without Pink Floyd a reboot? No, I would just consider that a cash grab. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe they're the same thing. Actually, maybe reboot. Well, equals I mean, cash technically, grab. the Wall equals Roger Waters. It does, it does. But yeah. that one felt like maybe a little bit of a reboot yeah. because he's still doing it and he's doing a big theatrical production and The Wall originally came out in the 80s, yeah. uh, early 80s. Uh, 1979, that 79, 80, yeah. right. Yeah. All right, uh, maybe I'm thinking the movie came the movie out in 80, came right? came out in 82, yeah. yeah. Um, then uh, Menudo. <laughs> this is a this and is an we're interesting not talking one. the dish, the soup. The <laughs> we're Mexican not talking tripe the soup. hangover cure. That we're talking we love here in Houston, by the Ricky way. We love some Menudo, <laughs> the Puerto Rican uh, boy band, yeah. basically that has gone through tons of different incarnations. They Ricky yeah. Martin was just one of the many people but that that sang was in always that group. the plan. It was an interchangeable group, much like um what's the girl band I'm trying to think of? Um um something dolls. What are they? Oh, uh, Pussycat, Pussycat dolls. dolls. Where the members are just interchangeable in the band. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Menudo was this Puerto Rican super group, boy group, boy band that um, yeah, that obviously Ricky was the most famous member that ever came out of that group, but they are still going to this day. Wow. They have rebooted versions of Menudo every few years. They'll have a different group of boys that are in there singing. They're good looking kids. And, and it's kind of cool that they've been going for that many years. Well, damn it, Carrie. When are we going to get a rebooted version of the Osmonds? I am just... <laughs> Dying for that. No, we don't need that. No one needs that. All right, so let's go to our second category of this show, and this is like our fifth category overall of these spinoffs. I'm telling you, spinoffs are so plentiful out there, and it, it says something about the lack of creativity or just a cash grab thing possibly or nostalgia or put your hands together. <laughs> yeah. Nostalgia. Maybe yeah. we just want that 
I think thing. it's a little of both. We want the spinoff. We want the reboot, but we also want more of the stuff that we love. Dear God, and we can't even go into the Star Wars reboot. So, oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> so a super group makes total sense because super that's group, yeah. the all-star yeah. show. So th- there's only a couple of all-star TV shows that we came up with, um, but one of them is a cartoon. So okay. the first one I have here is Scooby's All-Star Laugh Olympics, which came out of the Scooby-Doo Where Are You cartoon. Okay. So okay. the okay. Laugh Olympics was 77 to 79, and I remember this very clearly as a kid watching mm-hmm. this. Scooby-Doo, the original, was 69 to uh, 70. Yeah. Yeah. So it was only like two seasons, the yeah. original Scooby-Doo Where Are You. There are still reboots of Scooby-Doo to this day. There, there have been, if you look up spinoffs, Scooby-Doo's had like 40 different spinoffs because it's been wow. a constant operation, so Way more than the Flintstones or the Since Jetsons. Since 1969. Or, yeah, yeah, it's pretty yeah. wild. But this particular spinoff for just a couple of seasons was a, oh yeah, there were 16 spinoffs to present. I have here in my notes. But this All-Star Laugh Olympics was a Olympics-themed thing, and you had multiple teams of Hanna-Barbera characters. So you had 45 different Hanna-Barbera characters. These are all-stars. So give you an example. If you if you are interested in this at all as a old cartoon watcher as mm-hmm. a kid, uh, one team had Scooby-Doo, Shaggy, Dino-Mutt, Captain Caveman, and Hong Kong Fooey. Oh, both. Among Hong others. Hong Kong Fooey, man. And then you had another team Scat that had... Scatman did the voice of... Of Hong Kong Fooey. Yogi Bear and Boo Boo Bear and Huckleberry Hound and Quick Draw McGraw and Grape Ape. I remember Grape Um, Ape. And then you had a couple of other teams with some lesser-known Hanna-Barbera characters that I wasn't as familiar with. But I do like what you just said. Hong Kong Fooey's voice, I had no idea that it was Scatman Crothers until I just read that the other day. And so many of the Hanna-Barbera characters, including you said Captain Caveman, that was all the great Mel Blanc. Yes. Yeah. Barney Scat- Rubble. And, and Scatman yeah. Crothers, of course, before we leave the Scatman, because I think he deserves a little rich tribute here. Um, remember him in The Shining as well. Uh, he has an unfortunate ending in The he Shining. Does, <laughs> and we love him. And he was excellent in The Shining. At the very end, he did get it, unfortunately. Um, Mel Blanc was the voice of Captain Caveman. Yes. And yes. Mel Blanc was one of the creators of this whole. Looney oh my Tunes. Gosh. And, I mean, he did all the Looney Tunes right. voices. You know, uh, uh, Bugs Bunny, Daffy Duck, Porky Pig. Oh, let me let me see if I blow your mind on this one, Let's Chuck, it. because I, you probably know yeah. this. You're bound to know this. Do you know who voiced Shaggy? Yes, Casey Kasem. Casey Kasem. Casey Kasem. Yeah, and I know you've done a Casey Kasem impression in prior episodes. This is dedicated to Lori from your boyfriend, Joey. He's sorry that he messed around with your sister, Angie, <laughs> and really begs forgiveness. So we're going to play this next hit here by, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so that, that Scooby-Doo thing had a all-star cast where they got... Characters from a bunch of different shows together. The only other recent ones were like the Real Housewives on Bravo. If you watch any of those, there's a zilion different Real Housewives. They currently have a show running (laughs) 
called The Real Housewives Ultimate Girl Trip. And this is bound to happen at some point. The Bravo Celebriverse or Universe or Bravo Liberties, whatever they call them. They all appear together on like Andy Cohen's Watch What Happens Live uh, uh, every night. And you'll have people from Real Housewives uh, Miami. You'll have people from Southern Charm, people from uh, Million Dollar Listing, all the various different shows on Bravo, which I watch, unfortunately. But they they have done a lot of like all-star type shows that everyone wants to see that. And then of course, law and order has had so many crossovers and spinoffs and just crossover episodes, not only with even within the law and order universe, but within like the Chicago universe, because law and order Mm -hmm. set in New York, of course. And, the Chicago PD, Chicago Didn't Fire. Did CSI shows come off of Law and Order? No, I don't think oh, CSI. That's different, different okay, network. Okay, okay, different okay. network. Because uh, Law and Order's NBC, CSI, yeah. CBS. Yeah. But but there is the the CSI type thing is uh, these Chicago shows, and they do a gotcha. bunch of crossover events where you have characters from all these different shows together and. I'll I'll tell you one other crossover on Law and Order SVU, the Special Victims Unit. Uh, Munch, John Munch, Detective Munch on Law and Order. He was originally on Homicide, the TV show set in Baltimore. He was a Baltimore homicide detective who ended up on SVU. So, again, cross-pollination, all-star cast. That's what we're talking about here, the super group. All-star great Jerry Arbach being on the original cast yes. of Law & Order. But mainly on this topic, so we've talked about the TV super groups or all-star mm-hmm. cast. Now the bands. Band super and groups, band yes. super groups, obviously, there's a zillion a of those. Over year, over the years, um, I'm gonna play yeah, what you got. one for you here. That of course Chuck's gonna fucking love this. Oh wait, hold on a sec. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha! The Beatles bell, and we did not ring the Beatles bell on part that one of George this episode. That is George Harrison right there on the opening vocals. We didn't ring the Beatles bell on the first episode, Chuck. There were no Beatles mentioned. That's amazing. This though. is it right here. There's only been a few episodes that didn't have a Beatles bill. So we've got George Harrison, Tom Petty, Bob Dylan, Bob Dylan Jeff, um, Lynn Jeff Lynn from, from ELO, and in the original lineup, we've also got Roy, Roy Orbison, Orbison right here. Yeah. Right here, he's about to sing right here. Yes. Roy's a Texas boy, yeah. So this is why, for me, I'm always in Camp George Harrison as far as my favorite Beatle because of stuff like this. To work with so many other musicians. Bob Dylan there, too. Yeah. Personal friend of Bob Dylan. That's awesome. Yeah, so what a super group that is. Holy shit. Bob Dylan, a Beatle, Orbison, Tom Petty. Most of that band is gone. Yes. I mean, R.I.P. George Harrison, R.I.P. Uh, Roy Orbison, R.I.P. Bob Dylan and Jeff Lynn are the only two surviving members. The only members, two yeah. surviving Wilburys. Yeah. So that that was an incredible super yeah. group. And that's what you want out of a super group. No, definitely. That, that, that has to be probably 
the best one, unless you've got some other ideas. But no, um, you just took mine, Carrie. Damn it! <laughs> all right, another band that we talked about, and this is another super group. Um, we talked about these guys on our record store day mm-hmm. episode, and our friend Earl that we met in the line was looking for a remix album by this okay. group. This is the band Electronic, and I'm going to fade them in here and play a song called Getting Away With It by Electronic. Electronic. I've been walking in the rain just to get wet on purpose. And that's Bernard Sumner from New Order. Okay. Who we talked about in our last episode. Bernard replaced Ian Curtis. And then you start to hear in the background there a little background vocal from Neil Tennant from the Pet Shop Boys. And that little jangly guitar you just heard in the background, mm-hmm. that little jazz master in the background, that was Mr. Johnny Marr, mm. guitar player for the Smiths, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. Smiths. And so you have quite the super group here. You've got a member of New Order, a member of the Smiths, two members, Chris Lowe also, I think, participated with Electronic from Pet Shop Boys. Yeah. So that is like the ultimate, like, 80s new waver guy super group yeah. so if you're down with that kind of music you should probably go check out some electronic what do you think of this one carrie let me lay Let's one hear on it. you here it's kind of loosely in the super group category because you've got jack white here Okay. Obviously from the White Stripes. Oh, yeah. And you got Brendan Benson here. Sure. He had his own success. Yeah, no, I, I consider right this a super group. So this is the Rack and Tours right here. And the here. guys from the Greenhorns, the rhythm uh-huh. section from yep. the Greenhorns. Yep. So definitely great sound here. No, that's a that's a cool. And if you ever have a chance to see the Raconteurs live, please do. Oh, my God. I've seen them four or five times, and they are awesome. What you got there, Carrie? Oh, sorry. I didn't mean no, to. No, I'm digging it. Where are you playing? No, that was getting away with it again. I accidentally hit the button. I didn't it's mean to. It's kind of a nice blend. I'd like that. No, that was, yeah. I, I didn't yeah. mean I, Maybe I should be a DJ. <laughs> um, okay, let me give you another one here. This one is hilarious. Yes. So, this is Asia. <laughs> um... Very I know, dorky. I know Carl Palmer, obviously, of Emerson Lake and Palmer, but what other groups were the other guys All in? All right, so you've got members of ELB, uh, Emerson Lake and Palmer, King Crimson. King Crimson, thank you, thank you. And, hold on, we got two more. Yes. So you had a member of the band. That's yeah, right. So that's right. You that, did. These are all very prog rock bands. Yeah, so yeah. this is like a prog rock super yeah. group. And then... And this wasn't prog, this was pop right right here. Well, maybe the pop element was brought into it by the member of the supergroup from The Buggles. There you go, that'd be Trevor Horn. Yeah. So, you had a member of The Buggles, which, going back to our old episodes, the first episode in the MTV trilogy, 
the very first video ever played on day one of MTV yeah. was Video Killed the Radio Star by the Buggles. You have a member of the Buggles in Asia. That's weird. That's amazing. I had no clue about I th- that. Hey, I, I don't know. Was he in it or was he just producing? I think he was in it. I think he was in it. Who knows? I'm going with he was in it Wait, because it's I'm a, look, I'm it's a better story. Okay, don't so debunk got- the story, Chuck. This is good. This is the content our people need. <laughs> All right. So I, one last one on the super group thing is... Uh, this band, and I'll go ahead and just start playing this in the background. This is a band called Them Crooked Vultures. Yes. And they're pretty cool. This, this sounds great. That's badass. So this would be members from... This is... That's Josh Holm yes. from Queens of the Stone Age and Caius. And who's on the drums right here, Carrie? Uh, that would be Dave Grohl <laughs> on the drums and some background vocals as well. And then they brought in an old man to play the bass with them. Do you know who it is? Christopher Chella? John Paul Jones, motherfucker. That's right. I forgot it was John Paul Jones. This they is actually Led did, Zeppelin. They actually did an appearance on SNL. Yes, them crooked vultures. That's yeah, right. That is members of Nirvana and motherfucking Led and Zeppelin. Motherfucking Zeppelin. Yes. I mean, it doesn't get much more super than that. Well, you did have what was the firm. Where you had Jimmy Page on guitar yeah. and you had Paul Rogers on vocals. Radioactive was their big hit, I remember. Yeah. But no, this is much more that's super awesome. to Yeah, me. that's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. So, uh, all right. So that is super groups. We've talked about super groups in the television world and the music world. And then we're going to close out the show here. We've just got a little bit left. But our last category is a spinoff from a variety show. Ooh, ooh, I know a couple of these. So we'll start with the TV stuff. You know, TV shows that spun out of a variety show. And then we'll talk about some, some music that came out of variety shows. Um, the, the first one that I'll start with here is just goofy, but it is a show that we watched a lot. Mickey and I watched these reruns quite a bit in syndication. Mama's family. Yes, yes, yes. That that came from the Carol Burnett show. That was a variety show. A sketch show. Vicki Lawrence and, and Harvey Corman, were they still on Mama's family? Yeah, well, Mama's Family uh, started in '83. Carol Burnett show ended in '78, so there was no overlap at all. But I think, but it yeah, was... it was it, it was uh, Carol Burnett, or I'm sorry, uh, Vicki Lawrence and somebody else. But Vicki Lawrence initially played the Mama was. character on the Carol Burnett show. Yes, no, I know who the. Uh, hold on a sec. I know who the actor was because he was on Mayberry RFD. Okay, um, it was. Give me a second. Yeah, was, so uh, the the Mama's family was just a goofy show with the Mama, the matriarch. She was in a wig and a fat suit, and she was kind of like a Medea-type character yeah. if you watch the Tyler Perry uh, movies. And that kind of goes back to outtakes, too, not Mama's Family, but if you watch some of the Mama's Family sketches, 
on YouTube where you can see outtakes where Tim Conway is just trying to crack up everybody in the cast. And finally, I think finally at one point, Vicki Lawrence goes, is that little fucker done? <laughs> you know, she like finally says that she goes, he was just trying to, you know, throw everybody off their mark. <laughs> so yeah, mama's family was one. And, and another Ken Berry, that's the dude I was trying okay. to think of. Ken Berry. All right, yeah. good. Thank God we Thank that God. Um, <laughs> everyone needed to know that. Oh, and Rue McClanahan was on the show. Oh, I forgot well, about go, that. Golden Girl. Because, yes, yeah, she did have a character. Yes, uh, a right, Golden right, Girl right. yeah, on yeah. Mama's Family. The uh, incestuousness of television is crazy. Oh, and Betty White, too, is on it because Betty she White was always on the Carol Burnett another show. But she was girl. on Mama's Family, yeah, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so another one that yeah. is very famous uh, and probably the longest-running show on television in history, mm -hmm. The Simpsons. Yes. That started as a sketch or a little cartoon, whatever, it, on the Tracy Ullman show. They were cartoon shorts on the Tracy Ullman show. And, of course, you had the uh, the cast. One of the cast members from uh, Tracy Ullman was Dan Castelletto. Dan Castelletto? Am I saying his name right? Dan Castelletto. Um, he was a cast member on the Tracy Ullman show. But, of course, he's been voicing Homer Simpson ever since. Yes. And, and um, I'm sorry, Carrie, who's the actress I'm trying to think of that plays uh, Marge Simpson? Uh, she was also on the Tracy Ullman show, was also on Rhoda. Okay. She was, she was um, uh, the sister on Rhoda. Hmm. Now you got me. Oh, my gosh. I got you got Google me on that now. one. Look that up while we continue our program here. The, uh, <laughs> the, yes. the next uh, show would be the Colbert Rapport that came out of The Daily Show. So you have a talk show, variety type show, that came out of another news slash talk show slash variety show. So that one's a, a huge example of that. But uh, those are just a few of the examples of the TV shows that spun off. Julie Carver. Julie why am I not, Kavner. Why, Kavner. Why, am I not, why am I not remembering her name? Yeah. So uh, those, are, those are a few examples of shows that came out of another show, a variety show. Um, but the music, that, that's another big one. And we, we talked already a little bit about American Idol. That's a pretty obvious choice here, that, that there were success stories. American Idol was a TV program. These guys were singing cover songs, but some of them became huge success stories in their own right, even if they didn't win the show. Adam Lambert, we've already talked about from yep. Queen. Jennifer Hudson, we've talked about. She won an Oscar for crying out loud after American and Idol. And Beyonce did that Oscar, remember? Yeah, beat for Beyonce Dreamgirls. did, yes. And she outshone Beyonce. Big time. In that show. <laughs> Carrie Underwood, who mm -hmm. I always referred to as Carrie Underpants. Uh, she won American Idol, and she is a huge country mm -hmm. slash pop star at this point. I mean, gigantic. In fact, I just saw her in the news this past week. She was singing with Axel. She was singing at yes. Guns N' Roses They were singing show. Paradise City. Yeah, so, yeah. And she was originally on American Idol. So you really Axel did. is huge now, too, Carrie. Yes, he is, but he did not come from American Idol. He came from Indiana. <laughs> the uh, other American Idol people haven't been quite as successful, like Ruben didn't have quite the career. Ruben stuttered. Everyone thought he might. Clay Aiken uh, is now some sort of politician. But there were Clay some... Aiken is? I'm sorry? Know. You said politician now? Yeah, yeah. Oh. He, I think he lives in 
North Carolina or South Carolina huh. and has run for like okay. local political posts. And, uh, but yeah, the, the big music stars that have come out of American Idol, you know, they few of them have done very well. Now, another variety show that we'll end this with, and I'm going to play a song for you here in just a moment. Um, there was another variety show that has run for a long, long time. This show ran basically from 1955 okay. to 1996. 55, the 50s, this show had, you know, people, and then well into the 90s, obviously. And variety show. This thing I'm going to play for you is from the 90s. Okay. And I think you'll immediately recognize this. That'd be Miss Britney Spears of Louisiana, okay? What's a baby? I don't know. Free Britney. Britney. <laughs> she free now, bitch. She free now. <laughs> Did you see she had some naked tweets the other day? Oh, no, I didn't see Oh, they see were this. on Instagram. She okay. was totally holding the girls and everything. Okay. Yeah, it was nice. Yeah. looking that up yeah. immediately upon yeah. leaving here. Uh, so Britney Spears was one of a number of well-known people on the Mickey Mouse Club. Yes, the other huge one. Well, two huge ones being... Justin Timberlake and Christina Christina Aguilera. Yes. Uh, You know who else was on there? Annette Funicello. (laughs) Yeah, Annette Funicello, as my mom would say. Mom and dad, I think that was what they told me. She pulled out a shirt. That's what everyone (laughs) called her uh, because of her large bosom back in the day. Uh, Ryan Gosling was on the Mickey Mouse Club, as well as Carrie Russell. Who was later in like the uh, the Americans? That was a great TV show where they were the like she and her husband were Russian sleeper agents living in America. And and what was her show before that? She was in a she was in a show Carrie Russell before that. That was a real famous not like, related to younger. Kurt Russell. No, not related to <laughs> to him. But anyway, so we have the Mickey I'm Mouse not Club. Dead. Oh shit! Wrong song. <laughs> off. Yeah, that's that's hit me, baby. One more time, possibly. Um, maybe we should go out with that one now. We will. Uh, we'll leave it here. That that's basically the the conclusion of the show. Is the spinoff from a variety series you saw both TV shows and songs and pop stars that came out of that genre. But mm-hmm. overall, we took two hours yeah. to go through all of these spinoffs, trying to equate TV show spinoffs to music spinoffs and there's a lot of them and we haven't even barely scratched the surface i mean we didn't even get into the uh garbage dump slash train wreck that was the brady bunch variety hour carry we didn't even get into that one. yeah no and i'm sure the brady bunch had its spinoffs as well oh, i mean did. brady brides <laughs> brady bunch variety hour All right, so uh, thank you for listening. As always, that concludes our very special two-part episode. Sounds like more Britney. On spinoffs. This is the song Chuck was trying to sing here just a bit ago. We'll uh, 
go so out here today. So it's not baby, today. baby. It's yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, I get it. We'll go out here today to Britney, one of the most famous TV stars and pop stars Ooh. of all time. She's crossing all the genres. She's got her feet in both realms. And she's free. She's free. Free Britney. See y'all.